1: Hey y'all, 7 Rounds in Heaven is back, we're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. The defending champions have been defeated by the mad scientist of college football. It is I, Rob Paul, aka a proud member of the Air Raid Tours of North America. And, with me, as always, is AJ, the Big 12 is the most elite conference, it's so elite that anybody can win on any given Saturday, Marchese.
0: It's about parody, Rob, and I'm finally glad that you're uh, you're getting it.
1: Today, we'll continue our in-season format with our 2021 NFL Draft Superlatives from this past Saturday in college football. Let's
0: hit it! Seven. 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 One, two, three, two three. one, two, three, four. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby, driving on to Cleveland maybe, looking for a Lawrence or Suelle.
1: You might not be at that game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Before we jump into week four college football talk, uh, we have we have grand news: the Pac-12 Mountain West and MAC are all playing in 2020. Um, the Pac-12 set to begin November 6th with a seven-game season. The Mountain West is set to begin October 24th with an eight-game season. And the mighty Mac begins November fourth with a six-game season. Uh, every every if every Power Five conference is playing.
0: Yeah, what's it like? Every team except for three random independents, like UConn, is playing now. Yeah, well, UConn's like going to be in the FCS in two years. So, <laughs> uh, which which one are you most excited about, Rob? And please say the Mac.
1: The Mac especially cuz they're starting on a weekday. Although I do I also am very excited the Pac-12 is starting on a Friday night. Like did they, they understand what the people need?
0: Yeah, I very like, much hope, I miss hope that max like all Tuesday and Wednesday games and Pac-12 is like maybe even playing two Friday games a week. Yeah, like that the I, I assume the Pac-12 will
1: uh, have one Pac-12 after dark game every Friday night. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um and the Mountain West uh good for them. I'm proud that they came back to
1: what yeah, you, no, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not
0: the same without Boise State. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, the six game schedule for the MAC is kind of funny, but apparently they're gonna do the same thing as the Big Ten, like the championship Saturday or whatever thing. So.
1: Yeah, no, I, lo- I love that. Uh, it's, it's. I think the Pac twelve. It's a six. So six games. Um, they're doing uh, five in division. Or in yeah, in division one cross division, and then the the, the seventh game is uh, like you said. It's pretty goofy. The, like, yeah, I, I love the incorporation of championship weekend having the like the le, like the number two in the north play the number two in the south, and so on. Yeah, me too. Like, right? I think that was a great move by the Big Ten, and obviously the Pac-12 is following suit, and I, I think that's awesome. Agreed. Um and on top of that, uh, with the Big Ten being back, Purdue receiver Rondell Moore has opted back in and will be playing for per- per- Purdue this season. That
0: is super exciting. I I think we we talked about it last week or the week before that we were a little concerned that well not concerned but we, maybe he he was gonna still stay opt out with the uh, you know his injury history. Uh, but I don't know. Rondell Moore coming back just makes the big 10 season even more fun i don't know it was kind of like a bolt of a lightning for me and i just want to see more of him playing and it makes purdue even more fun obviously right
1: uh very much so and he's only played 17 games in his career and that's been kind of the knock on him was the injury history uh he missed most of his sophomore year obviously and so to, to get a I mean, not a real full season, but a full season more of uh, Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to assume that whole offense is going to be, like, working through him. <laughs> yeah. So, I- I'm pretty excited to see what Braum does in his final year with Rondell Moore. Me too. That's that's awesome. And on top of that, we have Pac-12, all Pac-12 safety for Morgan. Javon Holland, despite the Pac-12's return, has opted out and declared for the draft.
0: One of, uh, think, both of our favorites this uh, for this couple coming draft... Uh, Concerns with, like, I, I, I don't know. When you get a guy like that's kind of versatile on the back end and not the biggest guy, we've seen those type of guys slip a bit in the draft, right? And the other thing with him is, I, I think his
1: overall athleticism is kind of mm. the, the biggest question there. He's terrific instincts, really physical football player, has shown consistent ball skills through his time in Oregon, and one of the best punt returners in the country. Yeah. But... uh. Like, he's not a a sub-4-5 guy. Um, And now, in a a year where the safety class is really starting to, I think, emerge, and we we had a handful of guys prior to the season that we were excited about, I I wouldn't be surprised if Holland kind of gets lost in the shuffle to where he ends up being more in that second-round range than that potential first-round pick we thought he
0: could be. Yeah, I I, I agree with you right now. It kind of feels like he's more of a day-two guy, which, you know, it's no... um... No credit to his to his play; it's just kind of circumstances. And like you said, feels um, like all of the safeties who have you know kind of there's some people high on them and whatnot. They've kind of all stepped up and been really good to start the season.
1: Yeah, uh, very much so. Well, maybe not all of them. just more well, on that a bit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's jump into superlatives. Let's start with best freshman. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just say uh, Eric Gilbert, the <laughs> LSU tight end. Yeah, uh, he was my top uh, guy.
0: He just he just looks the part, man.
1: <laughs> well, I I mean, he's the biggest uh, or the highest-rated tight end recruit in the history of 247 yeah. sports. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hype about him going into this week uh, for his debut. He ended up with four catches, 37 yards, and a score against Mississippi State. The score was pretty impressive where Miles Brennan kind of just <laughs> threw up a freebie and he went and plucked it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, on that same drive, also had a nice 17-yard uh, gain. I, I mean – he looks like a grown man already. He already looks like an NFL player. He's, yeah. I think, what was he's listed at 6'6", 250. He's eighteen. Um,
0: he looks I mean, bigger it, than
1: that too. He is massive. Uh, reading through the week, he was also like a star pass rusher too uh, in high school. <laughs> That's sick. And um, yeah, so I, I think as the season goes on, we'll probably see him be more consistently incorporated in LSU's offense, especially because outside of Terrace Marshall, there wasn't a whole lot of playmaking going on mm-hmm. uh, for that Tigers offense in their loss to the Bulldogs. So uh, I'm excited to see how they utilize him more. They also like only using him in line, it felt like. Um, and so I'm hoping they kind of maybe move him around a little bit more, maybe line him up as a like a jumbo slot and even out wide, just because he, he should become such a mismatch. I, yeah. I know he's only a true freshman, but he's a freak.
0: Very much so. Um, uh, yeah, Mar- Mar- even Marshall like kind of an up and down day. I know he had the great one of cash, but yeah, I, with I mean the LSU offense I, like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And uh, like you said, like they're gonna find getting him more find ways to getting him more involved in the in the passing game, definitely because they'll they'll need it. And I think Miles Brennan's gonna keep needing the help down the, through the whole season. So yeah.
1: I oh, very very much agree with that. Uh who else you got here? <laughs>
0: uh let's go back to uh Thursday no yeah, Thursday night. Uh keeping our uh Frosh G5 quarterback streak alive like like I'd love to here. How about UAB's uh uh backup but now starting quarterback Bryson Lucero who kind of I mean Tyler Johnson went down uh with the shoulder injury. Uh he kind of came out of nowhere. And, man, he's just slinging the ball downfield. Like, he's throwing deep balls with a lot of arc, which I always love. Like, that that, that just always interests me. Um, he was an IMG Academy guy, but he only started four games there, of course, because he was fine. Uh, Shea Patterson and Kellen Mond. Uh, also, he chose UAB over Yale and Harvard. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, a cool pedigree for Lucero. Looked awesome. Was slinging it. Uh, had over 300 yards. Had two touchdowns. Uh, big time throws. Him and Austin Watkins. More on Watkins later. Uh, awesome connection out of the gate. Uh, so maybe this is another one for a third straight week, I think. Like, oh, it could be one of the top five, top couple G5 quarterbacks uh, in a couple years. You <laughs> look good.
1: Yeah, good good week for uh, random weeknight backup quarterbacks in the G5. <laughs> it's
0: true. It is true
1: um i'll go to two guys i think we've mentioned on every show thus far uh the miami true freshman backfield of don chaney and Jalen mm-hmm. knighton um against florida state and here comes the train because all aboard the the u back train um <laughs> they, they combined for 16 touches 113 yards and two scores against florida state and i mean knighton looks so explosive while chaney is just a rocked up such a physical like yeah, yeah I, I can't wait to watch them in like two more years where they're just such a like they complement each other very well mm-hmm. and knighton has got um some impressive pass catching skills as well and i mean i i the U is back baby
0: <laughs> retweet baby uh speaking of impressive pass catching skills i'm gonna go with uh i don't know i think one of our favorites coming out of saturday K-State K- running back Deuce Vaughn Who is listed at, what, what do we got him at? 5'5", five, five, is that what you got? Yep, yep <laughs> uh, You told me this morning That his, his son is a scout for the uh, his son, his dad's a scout for the Cowboys uh, He He's electric, man They threw up the old uh, Darren Sproles comp graphic Of course, who, you know Sproles like, what, 30 pounds heavier <laughs> but, Man, he, he uh, Did like a lot if Catching the ball and run after a catch, 129 yards um, through the air. He looked like a lot of fun, and obviously that, that huge upset over Oklahoma, he was a big part of that. Yeah, he he's the, the next
1: Darren Sproul's um, Danny Woodhead type of <laughs> Austin Eckler. You know the drill. He, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma didn't have an answer for him. He And Kansas State was short-handed with I think they had, like, 20 guys out yeah. due to COVID. Yeah. And, and they still go in there and upset them. And, yeah, Vaughn was – his pass catching
0: was the biggest difference
1: maker in this game.
0: Definitely. I mean, the Oklahoma defense, oh, just absolutely horrid. It's, it's not good, horrible, but, but, yeah. But, no, still a very good game from from Deuce Vaughn. Dude. And great name, uh, scout son. What's not to love here, Rob?
1: Yeah. Um, do you have any other
0: freshmen? Do you want to talk Spencer Rattler while we're here? Oh
1: yeah, he's a freshman, technically <laughs> redshirt freshman. I keep redshirt, forgetting
0: that. Redshirt freshman, yeah. Uh, okay, where do we start with the, with the Rattles performance here, Rob? Um, I I will say this. Yeah. I think,
1: I mean, when you consider it, he's a first year starting quarterback, mm-hmm. only redshirt freshman, um, on for for a top five team, and. I think I just think the expectations were too yeah. high. I guess coming out of the Missouri State game, like because clearly against Oklahoma, he's got all the talent in the world. We saw that, but he's still just a, a redshirt freshman. You see that with um, his pocket presence was a little inconsistent. He made yeah. some poor decisions. He missed some throws. Uh, I mean, th- like I don't. The moment wasn't too big. I don't think for him. It was, and, and the other thing is Oklahoma doesn't have the same surrounding talent that they, they had the last, like, three years. That offensive line yeah. outside so of Creed Humphrey it, it isn't what it, like, was. At all.
0: At all. No, not even close, yeah.
1: And, and then, on top of that, their the running back situation is um, very mm-hmm. questionable uh, after losing Trey Sermon to Ohio State, and then Kennedy Brooks obviously opted out. They, they're, they're playing freshman back there. And then, the other thing also is... um. They're they're they wide receivers. They don't like they had C D Lamb the last three years. They had Hollywood Brown the three years before that, or for for two of the th- like you know what I mean. Yeah, they had two first round wide receivers, and, and now obviously Charleston Rambo. There's a lot of potential there, but he is not nearly the the finished product no. of C D Lamb, and he's not nearly the explosive playmaker that uh, Hollywood Brown was. The freshman
0: Mims looked promising, but again, he's, that's not a freshman. he's.
1: Yeah, he's like already the best playmaker. Yeah. So I think when you when you factor all that in, I mean, if any like I don't think anyone's worried that's about Spencer Rattler. No. Uh, in that even in that game, he made some insane throws. Yep. The the biggest problem was the Oklahoma defense clearly. So I uh, I I mean I, I'm still thinking Spencer Rattler's a future first round type quarterback.
0: yeah definitely. And like uh, again, it's like in the Missouri State game, uh, all the bones of a great quarterback are there like the big time throws were there the it it was just like like you said though lots of freshman type mistakes that the picks were kind of bad especially the one to end the game and yeah taking some really bad sacks but yeah i mean it's it's his first uh game against a power five opponent and i think that's a good point is that there just isn't the same supporting cast there at oklahoma that there there was for the last (laughs) three quarterbacks so yeah yeah, and and yep
1: I mean, they, they lost to Kansas State last year. They did. They did, yeah. So, I think that that's the other thing to remember. Like, their season's obviously not over from this loss. I mean, I, with the circumstance of this year, it's, it's a little more dangerous for them. Um, Especially with Texas being back. Like, yeah. Like, the other <laughs> thing is, like, Texas almost lost to Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma has a still has a path to being the Big 12 champion, ending up in the playoff for sure. Yeah, definitely. Especially because... They they're probably not going to put a Pac-12 team in. So and like
0: Oklahoma State hasn't looked good at all either. I know they're they're winning, but they haven't looked good. Um, and obviously uh, Spencer Sanders is out. So yeah, it's wide open.
1: Still. Uh, and, and, and from Radler, let's jump let's jump to a, another quarterback who's a redshirt sophomore who had high hopes and kind of never it, it didn't fully materialize.
0: But then Lane Kiffin took over Ole yeah, Miss baby. And look at old Matt Corral, my top sophomore too. Fuck man, his, his arm just looks awesome, man. Eh? Like absolutely spinning the ball ripping tight window throws the deep balls uh like almost three for 400 yards against florida and then and then you know what looked uh looked faster than i think everyone give him credit for on the ground juked a couple guys had like 50 yards rushing it looked awesome and like they started the game with uh, a plumley and matt corral on the field which i thought was goofy as hell and i loved it um but then yeah honestly this was a really impressive performance per macro like just kind of like like established himself it took control of that Ole Miss offense and uh I didn't expect it I knew we had he, had he had you know all the talent but uh man he looked he looked legit threw for
1: 395 and three scores against a Florida secondary that has multiple NFL talents in it mm-hmm. um I think probably the most surprising thing was people for the most part thought Plumlee I think was gonna end up being the starter or it would be a full time shared to begin, but it yeah. was just completely Matt Corral with like Plumlee being their, uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing with Corral, I remember as a passionate elite 11 fan, I remember at Elite Eleven they compared him to Stafford just because his arm is a, mm. a fucking rocket launcher. And I think, like you already mentioned, you saw that against Florida, and it's gonna be exciting to watch how Lane Kiffin develops him. And they clearly have talent around him. Like another best sophomore for me was Jerry Ely, the running back, who had uh, over a hundred total yards and a score. and and he's he's a nice pass catching back too and i'm pretty excited to watch this old miss offense like they feel like a team that's gonna not win a lot of games but they're (laughs) gonna put up a lot of points
0: yeah they looked awesome it it was way more fun than i expected they they looked a lot better than i thought they were gonna look against florida i know the defense was was really bad but yeah no lane
1: kiffin just really creative with that offense
0: it was a lot of fun very much so Uh, um I, I about Brees Hall again I think you can throw in here man. I put him yeah yeah he just yeah he so that 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 Iowa State team
1: their their passing attacks a little inconsistent Brock Pretty is a <laughs> questionable quarterback but multiple times Brees Hall just ripped off huge runs ended up with three scores 155 yards he put the game away late um with just a one cut and blow through the secondary uh touchdown run and, um. Yeah. He he's like gonna be Matt Campbell's bell cow. I think. Yeah. All very year much long, so. and he yeah. he should be one of the top leading rushers in the country as
0: a true sophomore. Yeah, he's a dude, man. He's a dude. Um. How about I stay in the Big Twelve? I, I throw I'll throw Trace Ford's name in there. Who? I know there's uh, a lot of hype around him, especially in Big Twelve country. Coming out of Oklahoma State, he, he looked good. He had the strip sack. Um, kind of just dipped and got him. Uh, another TFL, had a pass deflection. Uh, I again, I haven't watched him or anything. Just just watching live games. Like I, I don't know if he's a stud. Like you know, like oh, there's a future first round pick or anything like that. But I, I think we'll be talking about him for the NFL for sure in uh in two years or a year whenever he decides to come out. Uh, really interesting guy. Fairly well built. Maybe a, a little underweight. But yeah, he, he's got he's got the talent there. Uh, I'll I'll
1: stick on the defensive side of the football and jump to the SEC with Auburn linebacker Owen Popo, I want to say is how you pronounce it. Uh, I'm not. Um, yeah, he he's repping the number zero, so you already know <laughs> he's a legit player, and uh, he was all over the field against Kentucky. Um, an absolute striker, came up with a sack too and a fumble recovery and. Uh, just, he, he's just an energizer, bonnie out linebacker. I think he's
0: only like 6'1", 225, but he looks like a future NFL, like uh will linebacker. Uh, just for the small game perspective, let's throw Zachary Franklin, the, the UTSA receiver. who kind of, you know, had a monster game against, uh, Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. I, and his first game of the year, cause he, he'd missed the previous two. Yeah. I, I thought like just watching him, I thought he was an upperclassman, but no, he had over 100 yards look pretty explosive. I was That's a guy uh, in the group of five to watch.
1: And speaking of group of five, let's jump to weekday warrior where we only had group of five games to pick from. And <laughs> I mean, both receivers in the UAB South Alabama game, Austin Watkins and Jalen Tolbert. Watkins absolutely took over the game. Seven catches, 183 yards, and, and Tolbert less so. But his touchdown was pretty impressive. Both of them are NFL dudes.
0: Uh, I totally agree. So I, I was gonna mention. So I put I put Watkins as my true weekday warrior. I put uh, Tolbert for one of my small school guys. Um, so let's start with Tolbert. I I don't know how many like how many, I know he got attention like week one. Um, and then this one like three catches, fifty nine yards, and the awesome touchdown. I think he's just gonna be like a, see, a sleeper for me until he's drafted. Man, like he, he can go out and ball. He's well built, a little a little thin but tall. I mm-hmm. he keeps just making great plays every single game, and I, I feel like. It's kind the of boss fun, but skills
1: and the speed.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's all you need, baby. It rhymes. Um, <laughs> it keeps kind of getting outshone by like the guys opposite on the opposite team. It's kind of funny, but yeah, like I don't know, man. Watkins, I think I'll say it. He's the best group of five wide receiver right now. Um, I know, like the the AC. Demonte Coxie,
1: and I think would be the main argument.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, or uh, or
1: Marquise Stevenson.
0: Yeah, or like uh, what's his name uh, SMU.
1: Oh, Reggie Robertson, yeah. All, all four of all four of them, I think, could mm-hmm. end up top one hundred picks. Like Austin Watkins is just we like he is built. He is yes. rocked up. He's physical as hell. Um, he has explosive downfield speed to create separation. But it's mm-hmm. what he does in contested catch situations that really, I mean, especially against South Alabama, he, I don't know, he is. He looks like a real NFL X.
0: Very, yeah, very much. So like, I, again, that's why I said he's the best of the bunch right now. Maybe I'll change my mind next week, but like you said, just so like, he's got the NFL body already, and he's his hands are strong and just making he, insane he, plays every week.
1: I gotta bet he'll be at the Senior Bowl.
0: Yeah, if there for is sure. one. For, yeah, if there is one, for sure. I'll,
1: also showed with Spencer Brown three touchdowns on the ground. I'm telling you, AJ, I'm telling you, <laughs> slim down. Spencer Brown's gonna play
0: in the NFL. Spencer Brown uh, like there, I feel like there's always one guy for you that you're really low on for like multiple years and then they pop as a senior. And you're like, "All right. No, he's been good. I, he looks better than he, he he did in years past for sure. I'm I he's this year's James Robinson. <laughs> what,
1: do what do you team? want from me?
0: Okay. All right. You heard it here first from Rob.
1: Um Best prospect you saw overall. Now we 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 couldn't just throw Trevor Lawrence here again because he didn't play. So I, I mean, I don't
0: I don't know that there was necessarily a blatantly clear. I agree. This week. I agree. So that's why I kind of just gave it to the guy with the best performance, um, Kyle Pitts, Florida. I did the same. I did the same. Yeah, man. Uh, oof! Absolute studly performance. Four touchdowns. That's the tie in the Florida record. Uh, and doing it in every which way that a tight end can do yeah. it. Like, there was the yak. Yeah. There was getting open deep and easy. There was a contested catch touchdown. Uh, the body control on, on the on the back shoulder, not even the back knee yeah, trail from Trask, And, uh, and he, li- he lined up
1: all over the place. Yeah. Um, he's just a complete mismatch. You love to see that Dan Mullins making him the focal point of the passing attack. Uh, and, and there was, I, th- I think... And Entering the year, there was a like if you were going to look for a question with him, his touchdown production wasn't like massive the last two years, <laughs> and then it takes him one week and he's got four <laughs> touchdowns already. Yeah, and, and I th- I think my favorite part about it was on Thursday thir- or on Monday night, uh, we saw Darren Waller go off for the Raiders, mm-hmm. and that's the natural Pitts comparison. And Then Pitts comes and does this. I think a lot of NFL teams are looking at what Darren Waller did on Monday night and thinking this is the next. Darren Waller type mismatch, we got to go get him. I, I he, he entered the year as my tight end one. And as much as I think Pat Farram is a really safe, more, I guess, well-rounded prospect because of what he does as a blocker, I, I, like Pitts is just a freak.
0: You know what I liked is um, on the broadcast, I said like he didn't uh, up, um, qualify for the Mackey last year because they said he lines up at wide receiver too much. So now Pitts is like fuck that. Just line me up in line a bunch, like as much as you can, and uh, let me go block and prove and win that Mackie. It's kind of I respect that. It's sick. Like, yeah, he was. I think he usually deserved best prospect. And you know me, I I had Friermuth a little bit ahead of Pitts. I don't want to flip flop off one game, but Pitts tight end one, baby. <laughs> um,
1: and, and uh, I I put uh, two other guys here just. Because okay. I thought they were spectacular as well. I threw Jalen Waddle down here because I think everyone had like known once some of those other NFL receivers left, a.k.a. Judy and Ruggs, mm-hmm. Waddle has the potential to be as good, if not better. And yep. it took him one game to go for 134 yards, two scores against Missouri. And who, Obviously, Missouri's not great, but they're still an SEC team, and he was just
0: unstoppable. And, like uh proving the doubts wrong right off the bat it's like okay can he make the contested catches they had that yeah, insane that one over one the middle over the middle <laughs> yeah that was awesome uh and then you know uh, can he win deep that's not a question yeah we know he and he was uh we know he's a yak star like he doing all those things but yeah um again i, I wasn't worried to be honest i I know he was wide receiver four and he didn't get too many looks but uh <laughs> he's gonna get him this year man he looked awesome yeah uh, would you be surprised but spe- he he might benefit the most uh
1: from jamar chase taking the the year to just prepare yeah in terms of like waddle could seriously win the balenikoff yes um and uh especially also with the big tens like abbreviated schedule maybe rashad bateman isn't shining as much and would you, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Waddle ends up the consensus number two receiver in this class. At
0: all. No, me, I I kind of thought right? he, in the summer I thought he he had a good chance too. And uh, I, I liked him a little more than Smith, his teammate. And, uh, yeah, no, I I think you're definitely right. I think all, those, all the factors can kind of just shoot him up. And I also threw Dylan Moses in here because we haven't seen him play football since 2018. You, you, you know what's funny? I had Dylan Moses here too. I woke up this morning and I looked at the defensive box score. And like he somehow only got credited for like four tackles and two TFLs, so I had to put him in the outplay the box score category. But yeah, he definitely deserves to be here because I man, he was all over the field. And I think anyone who was
1: worried maybe he he'd lose a step of explosiveness mm-hmm. from the from the knee injury on that option they ran the, that Missouri ran on fourth and two, the way he 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 read it immediately and how quickly he met the running back for that tackle for yeah. loss was was insane he's just he's a freak I mean Micah Parsons is the more defensive chess piece type but Moses is like the perfect Mike yeah um outside of their the one wheel route they ran where there was a bit of miscommunication that looked like Moses made the wrong read Mm -hmm. outside of that I thought he had a perfect uh, returned to the football field.
0: And uh, mentioning the explosion of his again you, you saw the one where he was just uh, spying Robinson. And he broke the pocket and fucking closed on that quick for for the, I guess the yeah. credit with the TFL. I thought it was Zach, but whatever. Uh, yeah, he looked awesome, man. Alabama's back. <laughs> yes. Mac Jones is God. Is he shooting up the board for you this week? No, but I'm going to stay in the SEC. Well, I mean, I got a lot of SEC guys. Uh, and stay at quarterback. Uh, let's start with KJ Costello, man. Um, I think at one point in the game, you're like, I'm not sure where to put him yet, but I know we'd be, we'd be talking about him. But I mean, after 600 yards, <laughs> five touchdowns, uh, it took it took him and Mike Leach
1: one game to break the SEC single game <laughs> passing
0: record. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like against like the defending champs. Again, yeah, exactly. I mean, not the same team, but but still, the defending champs. Um, like there were some bad mistakes. Like the, I mean, I, I honestly, the, the, the Jabril Cox pick, I I feel like that was, that was more, a bad
1: throw. I don't know. I think I, no, Cox the, he, 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 threw, it was a great play by Cox. Definitely. Yeah. Cause Cox originally misstepped and the receiver did have a step and just Cox showed off the, the, the kind of his impressive closing speed, um, but the ball was placed slightly on, like, on the, on the receiver's back's hip, hip, rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that get, thats why Cox could break on it. If he put that more out in front, I don't think that play happens that way. Uh, and the other interception was like a fifty-fifty ball that he yeah. didn't really give his receiver a chance at. Yeah. Outside of those two things, I thought he had a fantastic day.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, like, yeah, some bad sacks, but like, yeah, for sure, like, overall, amazing. Uh... When, when you throw
1: it that much, you're going to throw interceptions.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Six, Sixty attempts, uh, and I, but yeah, it was constantly like finding the deep receivers too. The, all the all the Mississippi State receivers look kind of awesome, especially Cyrus Mitchell. Mm-hmm. It's funny he's got the, those big guys to throw too. I, I mean, I, again, we kind of uh, we kind of said in the summer like Costello could be this riser in the in the leach scheme in the SEC. Uh took him one game to kind of uh, put himself on the map, especially with a lot of the other quarterbacks struggling. And, and I think the other thing,
1: too, is, uh, yeah, it was Leach and his first game in the SEC. Um, their offensive line did not play very well. No. The, their tackles are not good. <laughs> um, but Costello held strong in the, in the pocket um, throughout the game. And uh, it wasn't just, like, the classic. It wasn't only, like, he was just throwing mesh, yeah. which is, like, the heart of the raid offense and, 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 like, stick throws. He, he Like you said, he was pushing the ball downfield. He, he had multiple big downfield completions uh, to Osiris Mitchell and uh, Javonta Payton. The other thing is, Osiris Mitchell is uh, by far their most experienced receiver. Like, it, it's a pretty green group of wide receivers for Mississippi State. Um, like Javonta Payton was a was like, uh, their fifth string receiver last year. Yeah. Shavers is an Alabama transfer who had one catch, I think, in his career at Alabama.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah,
1: and, and then uh, and then Mitchell, who was like the third receiver last year, and, and all all three of them looked pretty great. And um, it's gonna be really fun watching how. KJ Costello progresses uh, if he can cut back on those mistakes he also lost a fumble but again their offensive line was horrible and the, the the lost fumble he's credited with was when the center just snapped it at him when he was trying to make an audible <laughs> well, so, it, so that Mississippi State offensive line I think is seriously bad
0: but uh, Costello was fantastic and then he, he almost got the uh, empty handed coming forward fumble too but. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes yes Um, he, to me is, I I thought entering the year, he was very much in the QB4 conversation. I, a little bit throughout his 2019 tape because the injuries and the situation Stanford was in, I thought if you looked at the 2018 tape, the, the, the thing that the tools were there to be in that QB4 conversation and, uh, he's probably going to end up leading the country in passing. He's probably going to end up at the senior bowl. And I think he'll be battling with Kyle Trask throughout the year. Uh, um, for qb4 and i put kyle trask on shooting up the board as well um i mean six, six touchdowns over 70 percent completion over 400 yards against a battle miss defense but uh the touch the ball placement um i think i think we're pretty impressive he he's very poised passer as well considering he hasn't played that much because he was a backup in high school mm-hmm. um the, the he, he's just given Pitts chances throughout uh Kadarius Tony was used in a really fun way and they did a good job getting him involved too and Javon Grimes. Like this Florida offense looks transformed. Um and I like I, I think Trask's numbers are better than he was, if you know what I mean. Okay, like okay. he he, but he's very much in that QB4 conversation because
0: nobody else has stepped up. Other It's, it's Trask and Costello to this point. I will jump the gun on you um, and say that I put him for overhyped, but I agree with everything you said. Like, it was not a bad game by any stretch, obviously, 400 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, it was a really good game. And I agree that it wasn't as good as the stats say. Like, guys were wide open for a lot of that game. The Ole Miss defense was uh, very bad. Like, yeah, he was hitting them. um, again it was clearly a good game but to me it wasn't like an oh my god like that's 400 yards and six touchdowns type of game and then matt miller said he's josh allen's for some reason <laughs> so, uh. stylistically
1: like not even in the fucking same realm other than they're both massive like allen obviously had a rocket launcher arm i think trask's biggest question is his arm uh Allen, obviously an insane athlete and a physical runner.
0: Yeah. Trask, more of a pocket passer. I, I don't understand where that was coming from at all, other than they're both 6'5 and 230-ish, but yeah, sick. Anyways, <laughs> so, so I just think, like, I'm not saying he's he, he's not up there with Costello and Trask right now. Uh, You're just saying he's not up there as a first-round guy. Yeah, and, uh, and just pump the brakes a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Gotta see more, but hey, didn't you say the
1: same thing about Joe Burrow after the Texas game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would have played along long. I don't that. know. No, I didn't. Um, but, yeah, tra- like, to this point, like, Brock Purdy has not been very good, and I don't think either of us ever saw Brock Purdy as a QB4, but um, for now, it's very much just Trask and Costello who have separated from that, tier two of quarterbacks and mm-hmm. might might be the qb4 and five i know obviously no, not legitimately because there's a whole season to go but <laughs> at this point those are the guys you're you're seriously looking at
0: yeah exactly um while we're here i put tony for shooting up the board man he he just makes finally magic happen. it finally happened i've been waiting three years yeah i know like every time he touches the ball it's it's amazing and hey it looks like you can run routes now so yeah watch out Hundred total yards at a
1: fifty-yard run. Um, he, the like, he's playing the Percy Harvin role for this team, and <laughs> yeah, he he's very fun as like your move slot gadget guy.
0: Very much so. He looked awesome. Um, His I, yak
1: ability is insane.
0: I have a slew of just SEC receivers here. Um, me,
1: me too. You want you want to go
0: back and forth? Yeah, uh, go you go first. Cause I, I snake Tony okay. there.
1: Okay, I'll go Seth Williams, the Auburn receiver. Correct. Um, he made Bo Nix look good against Kentucky. He's just <laughs> plucking the ball. He's such a, he's one of the best. Just throw it to me, I'm going to get the fucking ball, guys. Like, he's got that kind of like that, what Mike Williams had at Clemson. Um, he's, I think, what, 6'3, 2'20 and just the body control. The hand strength. Man, yeah. And time. the overall physicality at the catch point. Yep. I mean, the, the one touchdown in the left corner of the end zone where it wasn't a great throw. like The, the corner had a real shot at it on the contested catch. And he just goes and, up over him. And man. he just went and just like, alpha'd him.
0: Yeah, so that's the one where people were like, oh, he mossed him. And then, funny enough, on his first touchdown, he did the moss uh, celebration. I don't even know what the hell you call it. Remember the one he used to do all the time? Where you open the yeah, door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the fuck it was? Yes. But yeah, he, he looked amazing. And like the strong hands just keep like showing up to me, and it's like going over guys. Like that's something I kind of look for. Is like uh, even when you're making ridiculous catches, sometimes you know you tip it yourself a little bit, and you bobble. But it's no, he, he just went straight up over him, plucked it, and uh, held on. You know what I find with yeah, him? Yeah, like, no. like obviously he's so strong, but it's like he's so wide and like long in his upper body. He's kind of like built like a swimmer. It, 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 it <laughs> which is a weird thing to say, it's but it's weird such a thing to say. Like he, he's like like he, his his shoulders are so wide and his arms are obviously long and uh he, he's just that's how swimmers are built and <laughs> big hands too okay and look at Michael Phelps man Michael Phelps could have been a great receiver if he didn't uh if he wasn't born in the water um <laughs> and I smoke, don't know what's happening and smoke the You're ganja control. uh <laughs> yeah no he he uh, the body is awesome uh strong as hell and the hands are great uh, he he's so much fun.
1: I, yeah, I'm excited uh, to watch him against the Georgia corners this uh, this coming
0: Saturday. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, your turn on a CC
0: receivers. Elijah Moore. Um, yes. Fucking tore it up. that Torn up that Florida uh, secondary. 10 catches, 227. Uh, like, a lot of it was just getting wide open. But then doing doing legit damage after the catch, too. Uh, I thought he had he, a
1: terrific he's a, game. He's a been one of like my most surprisingly favorite receivers thus far um like in the summer i mean mm-hmm. with just his his running and his his lateral fluidity that's a good word combo um <laughs> i i just think he he looks the part of just a slot who can get so open because he's such a smooth route runner and then you mentioned the yak damage and this ole Miss team who was like hilarious to watch last year all of a sudden matt corral elijah moore gerion ealy make for one of the best big threes in college football and they're like a bottom feeder in the sec <laughs> and <laughs> now you have a reason to t- tune in like
0: that's three guys who look like they could be playing on sundays oh you know what you know who else i, I didn't put him down for anything but he impressed me is the uh tight end i'm just gonna pull his name oh the
1: out. temple transfer
0: yeah transfer- yeah thank you um yeah, they, there was just one driver that kept going to him. He looked really, uh, really good too. Yeah, Temple transfer, um, just someone to watch going down the stretch. And if they keep game worked in more, that's that's interesting.
1: And if we know anything about Lane Kiffin, it's that he will feed his playmakers. Yeah, and, and so I think I think these guys are all in for big seasons.
0: Very much so. Um, do you have any other SEC receivers?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say Osiris Mitchell because yep. seven for 183 and two scores against LSU, and it wasn't in the maybe the typical stat stuffing air raid way where he was winning downfield mm-hmm. his his hesitation go where um Costello just dropped it in the bucket in the right corner of the end zone yeah. he he's 65 and
0: moving that clean i was really impressed by him agreed uh, it's like you could put everyone from that uh, mississippi state passing attack down here <laughs> yeah
1: I, I mean, they, they're, they're, that's just a, such a fun team to watch all of a sudden. Both
0: the Mississippis, pay, it paid off. You guys took big swings, and it looks like it's going to pay off. Yeah. Can't wait for the Egg Bowl, baby. Um, I'll throw in a couple more quick hitters. Sticking that game, it, it's funny that the LSU defense obviously got torched, but, like, I think Jabril Cox is a riser. We mentioned the pick six yeah. already. He, he, looked, he looked the part. Jacoby Stevens uh, had a terrific mm. game, too. Mm-mm.
1: I think okay. there's going to be some overrating of Jacoby Stevens for what he does as a blitzer, but when you think okay. about him in terms of what he does as a cover safety, that like, and, and that's why I think he's a linebacker at the next level. That's what that's I what I, over the summer.
0: I agree with you though. I, I do think he's a linebacker, and like he kind of played there more. And I kind of wanted to bring him up because it's like, what is his role? And uh, yeah, he looked. He, he had what t- two sacks, the one strip and the recovery. Uh, the other one, he just lit up Costello. So you're right. It was the flashy plays, but I liked him uh, around the line of scrimmage. If if he's around the line of scrimmage making plays, I'm cool with it. And I do think he might be uh, a linebacker. But yeah, the role he the role is interesting.
1: When asked to be like a true cover safety, he he no. he is a a uh, like a liability. So that's why like I he definitely has these big. He's Tanner Muse next.
0: <laughs> Fourth round um, pick Tanner Muse, yeah.
1: Yeah, but J- Jabril Cox, I think. I mean, yeah. 6'4", 230, and just the way he moved and did not look out of place on an SEC football field. and I, In the least, wasn't, exactly. I, I think was immediately one of their two best defenders, more on their other one later, mm-hmm. Um, in that game. And, and obviously Derek Stingley wasn't there, and that was a huge, yeah. huge, like way more of a big deal than I think anyone expected. Um, But yeah, Cox looks like an all-SEC type of linebacker.
0: You ready for this jagged segue? Okay. Speaking of Derek Stingley, uh, who he replace? Greedy Williams. Who's Greedy Williams' brother? Rodarius Williams, who I think just keeps looking really solid. That was sick. That was a sick segue. Thank you. Uh, four pass deflections against uh, West Virginia. Uh, quietly. Oh, damn. Came, yeah. I think, like, not a lot of hot, um, eyes on him, and I think he's just quietly looking really good again. I, I kind of snuck him in here. He's my last one to sneak in under the water. I just wanted to mention he.
1: That. Well, he, he he in their horrible game against Tulsa, he was like the <laughs> yeah. like one of their unsung heroes for what he was doing on uh, Kalen Stokes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I will quickly rattle off three ACC defensive players. Uh, Patrick Jones was unstoppable against Louisville. Mm-hmm. He had three sacks in a hurry. Uh, just he is so twitched up. At one point, he had this nasty spin move that he caused sacks where I don't even know if he's credited with a hurry. Um, where he just forced uh, Cunningham right into the the teeth of their defensive line. Um, he is just the get off and the, the f- fluid pass rushing ability. Like he he's a guy to I think keep watching. Um, speaking of ACC edge rushers, Quincy Roche against yeah. Florida State. Uh, him and Jalen Phillips. Like obviously Phillips got ejected, but he had an interception before he did. <laughs> um, th- those two uh, I think have been the Easily the best pass-rushing duo in college football thus far. And both look like clear top 100 guys. And then also Bubba Bolden, the Miami safety. We talked about him last week too, but just all over the field against Florida State, they're they're getting very versatile with the way they use him. They blitzed him. He picked up a sack. He had, on a pass deflection, his closing speed on that pass deflection that led to an outblades interception was insane. And then he had an interception
0: of his own. Yeah, uh, for sure. Definitely one of the... The biggest safety... I guess... You know what? I think he is the biggest safety riser so far, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he was a huge recruit. Went to USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, only, like, the last game... Or last year, like, was a ba- like more of a backup as a sophomore. And now now he's looking like a
0: star. Uh, sliding down the board. Honestly, I got a lot of repeat customers here. Um, I'm going to say Chuba Hubbard again, man. Like, it's like... I'm just waiting for him to uh, to do something, and he's not. <laughs> like, he's... Again, it's not creating for himself. He he had two fumbles, but didn't lose them. Uh, again, he totaled 100 yards, but like it, no catches in this game either. And the OK State offense was pretty uh, stagnant again, except for JD Brown, his fellow running back, who looked better than him. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like Najee Harris, uh, I don't know if you're going to mention him. He he looked fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, he just Hubbard just uh, just keeps slipping and slipping. Uh, I, I'm not impressed with him so far, and it hurts me to say because he's Canadian. So,
1: um, I'll go with two guys who aren't necessarily sliding down the board, but more I expected them to be more impactful. I guess okay. um, the the TCU DB combo of Trevon Morig and Ardarius Washington against Iowa State, it, it just it felt like they weren't making much of an impact and especially with the way Brees Hall was just ripping through their secondary for mm-hmm. chunk runs. And uh, so I just thought neither of them really stood out the way you'd hope two potential top 100 picks okay. uh, would. Fair enough. That you know TCU defense, like, it was all, like, Garrett Wallow and their their pass rusher, um, his name's, like, Hardman
0: or Work Hard or something <laughs> it's like that. I can't remember his name. But, yeah. Uh, you know where I'm going again, Rob. Stinky Chase Bryce, <laughs> I, I watched the condensed game. I didn't watch this live, but fucking four picks. Uh, again, <laughs> two two of them were deep throws. Uh, he's just to at the Senior Bowl, I, dude. It's funny because he like it's like okay, the footwork looks good, the ball's coming out nice. He gets rid of it, and then it's just he's forcing balls and they're getting picked off. Um, <laughs> like I still I still like the hole, but it, it's just he hasn't he hasn't stepped up at all. <laughs> Luckily for him, he can he can do three
1: more years or two more years after this at Duke if he wants.
0: Yeah, and I I think he should, but yeah. Um, I will stick at quarterback. I'll say
1: Sam Ellinger did not look very great against Texas Tech, despite six touchdowns. Um, a lot of that came really late in the game too. For the most part, I I just wasn't like because he's a guy who I think is in that QB top five QB conversation-ish. Like, he... I would take... Like, he's on Brock Purdy's level at least, and people think Brock Purdy's in that conversation. Um, (laughs) I I just thought his his decision-making wasn't great. His accuracy was kind of sporadic throughout the game, and that's not a great Texas Tech defense. Uh, I mean, they they ended up winning and hanging 61 on them. Um, But I... O- overall, I think Ellinger's going to put up huge numbers throughout the year. Again, he had six touchdowns in this game, but just as a pro prospect, he's he, to me looks more like a late day three guy than anything.
0: Uh, agreed. And uh, I, th- I had what a draft on late draft on him last year, and then I slipped a bit this year. My, uh, are you are you are you putting Purdy here again? No. Okay. Uh, I mean. Again, I, I'm backpedaling quick on being higher on Purdy than you were in the summer, <laughs> to be honest. Anyways, uh, this one may be a little mean, but I, I, <laughs> this one's a lower key one. But, hey, we stayed up. Well, not stayed up, but we watched that game on Friday night. I, I'm saying read Blankenship, who... uh, Okay, I've got him somewhere. Oh, oh, positively or negatively? For negative. Uh, I have oh, okay. him for being overhyped. Oh, okay. All right, so let's talk about him now. Well, in the summer, to
1: me, he was a late day three guy who looked like he could potentially be a third safety and a, a special teams contributor. And there was a lot of love for him on draft Twitter. Because mm-hmm. um, he, he he's really physical, makes a lot of plays around, a lot of scrimmage. Yep. But in that UTSA game, he I thought he really struggled in coverage. Uh, He, he got called on pass interference <laughs> at one point and just, just didn't really stand out for a guy who's supposed to be by far the best player in that game.
0: I 100% agree with everything you just said. Like, he can't... He had the passing interference where he just didn't get his head around and, like, tackle the receiver. Uh, yeah. Like, and yeah, like like you said, he just hasn't popped at all this season. And the team has been really shit, but, uh, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> kind of mean for a lower-round guy. And I, I didn't get a chance to do the show with you, but I also liked Blankenship a lot. So I had to draft him on him, like, a fifth or sixth or so. So uh, disappointing, to say the least. Uh,
1: I'll go Marvin Wilson against Miami before he got ejected. Um. I I thought he was just get, kind of getting moved around in the run game and adding very little as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing really upright and just, I don't know, he didn't really, he looked more like a day two dude than that, that potential number one interior defensive lineman. That, this class is getting murkier and murkier <laughs> as the season goes. Though, yeah. So. But, yeah, I, no, I, I just – overall, I expected more out of him where he, he really needed them needed to step up to slow that Miami offense from hanging 50 on them. And I, uh, yeah. they, they, were, they were moving them around.
0: My last one was actually – and I, I told you before the show, I snuck this one in late, was uh, everyone in Florida State's defense like what's landing on the board. So, yeah, just no one showed up at all. Samuel didn't look good. Yeah. Um, like you said, Wilson just didn't make the impact he's supposed to either. Doesn't so. it
1: help that like and Cyril Dean hasn't played yet this year, and Josh exactly. Kando's n- injured now. And yeah, I I, I really hope Cyril Dean plays soon because like that's the reason I want to tune into Florida State games to see him. But
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I'll give you two uh, two more defensive linemen. Uh, Missouri defensive tackle Kobe Whiteside, he did not stand out against Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. They're running right up to get on them. Uh, and then Texas pass rusher Joseph Asai didn't do much. He's eh? he he's like he's clearly a really great athlete, and he's playing in a more true edge role this year. But he is so so raw, where he'll it almost looked like if he could throw a pass rush move in, he'd beat the tackle, but he doesn't. He's <laughs> just like pure pure trying speed and bend every time, and um, yeah, he 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 didn't get much penetration as a pass rusher.
0: Had the big uh, recovery to win the game, though, Rob. Come on.
1: Yeah, so that's a win. Well, Caden Stearns won the game, actually. Yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, Uh, Out of nowhere prospect? Ventrell Miller, the Florida linebacker, who... My uh, boy from last year. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It's not like he's truly out of nowhere, but... Uh, dropped 15 pounds to move to middle linebacker, and it uh, looked awesome. Like, fucking 13 solo tackles. Absolutely laying the wood on he each pl- and every one of them. He plays so hard. That's why I fell for him last year. Yeah, had a sack. Uh, two TFLs. One where he uh was on a screen, just like minus six yards. Uh, d- Didn't really key on him too much in coverage, but he looks like he can move well enough to carry downfield. Uh so against, he lost 15 pounds? Yeah, to move to middle linebacker this year. Damn. Yeah, uh, looks like a dude. Looks like uh, he's gonna be a, a riser in the middle linebacker community. I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked fantastic. He was one of the best surprises this Saturday. Did they say
1: what he weighs? Because Florida just doesn't list his weight.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think he's in that 230 range now. Was he playing that heavy last? year? I don't night? know. Maybe maybe 225. I think he was 225, 230. I think is what I heard.
1: Um, I'll stick with a uh. An uh, SEC disruptive front seven player. Um, LSU pass rusher Allie Gay, who was awesome against Mississippi State, had two TFLs, a sack, broke up three passes, was just eating their tackles alive. And so with him, he's a guy who I I learned about er, early last week, just Mm -hmm. getting prepared for the return of the SEC. He's this big uh, junior college guy. Garden City baby. Yeah, well hey, they're they're legit. And know, um yeah. and and he earned the starting um uh, like edge role. He basically took over Chase on spot. Mm-hmm. He's 6'6 260 and just twitched his head twitch up his hell. He was uh, he was like the number 1 or number 2 JUCO prospect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, immediately earned a job, and immediately just the speed and the bend and the relentlessness as a pass rusher, and just his feel for the game to come away with a couple of those PBUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was, I was really impressed.
0: Uh, I, I he was my other prospect who played the Boss Guard. Like on paper, that's a good game, but man, he, I he thought was it was even than it. exactly like like it, it felt it,
1: like him 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 and Jabril Cox were just like trying to put that entire defense on their back
0: yeah like dude honestly it looked like he was getting pressure every snap especially down the stretch yeah he that's was the one who, i was impressed with costello's because he was like under fire throughout the game mm-hmm. he basically got the he gets the the assist on the uh, jacoby stevens sack because he forced costello up in the pocket right into stevens arms um yeah he, he looked fantastic and that's fucking just out of nowhere man like that's that's really awesome
1: uh, Prospecting made me look stupid. I'm gonna go with Kylan Hill. Me too. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> I thought I thought he he would potentially just like lose his his luster in the air raid. Me too. Uh, a guy who a guy who I didn't love entering the year. Uh, I me thought either. he was a borderline top ten back, and then he was. St- like such a natural pass catcher goes for 158 in the air i don't care that he like he's barely carrying the ball it's just seeing what he can do as a pass catcher and what he was doing is a yak pass catcher yeah, specifically
0: that, that definitely agree i didn't think he was gonna look that good uh, in that role at all and like you said killing it in space uh as a yak guy catching the ball super well uh that he's definitely my my made me look stupid for sure um uh, uh- I get
1: one more. Iowa State defensive lineman Joquan Bailey, who I thought was a bit of a jag, um, was banged up last year, returned this year, and he ate TCU's offensive line alive. His hands looked really solid. Oh, he
0: really? He three and a half sacks. Oh, fuck, okay. I'll throw one more just for fun. Uh, ULL kicker Nate Snyder, man. I, I said when he was lining up for the field oh, yeah. goal, I said they had a better chance of hitting the Hail Mary. Uh, than the kick. But no, bang the 53-yarder through. I, I ate my words on that. Snyder, I, I owe you an apology, buddy. Um, Best prospect versus prospect matchup? I kind of cheated, and I uh, I put Costello against the LSU defense. It just was genuinely the most fun matchup to me. Um, and I, again, it's kind of funny that the LSU can look so bad, but there was the couple guys that like Gay and uh, Cox especially that, that stood out and uh, looked amazing. But... Man, that was just a, that was a ball game. That was amazing. I, I, it would have been even better if Stingley was playing, but uh, that was awesome. That, I think that, that was the highlight of my Saturday, to be honest, so I just put it here.
1: I got Najee Harris versus Nick Bolton. Um, That's a good Harris one. ran for 98 yards and th- three scores. Bolton had eight tackles in TFL, and any time they met, it felt like a car crash. <laughs> yeah. um, Nick Bolton plays so fucking hard. Najee Harris just looks like he's on another level
0: already this year. Uh, would what it, what it surprise you if he's RB1 at the end of the year?
1: Yes, Travis
0: Etienne. Yeah, but it surprise you if he's the first running back drafted by your Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> he looks, he looks fantastic. Like, I
1: uh, would be surprised. I think Travis Etienne has just got another gear, and if I, he continues to improve as a pass
0: catcher, I, I agree. But he, he Harris looks so, um, so good. Like every time he's touching the ball, he's making like three guys miss. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, and Bol- Bolton's. Might be my favorite prospect in the country. <laughs> I so you remember in the summer I was lower on him than you, but th- this was a really fun game from Bolton, uh, just popping people. It was, it was great. Prospect who played the box score? You already said you have Ali Gay here and Dylan Moses. Yeah, I dude, both of them. I can't believe that's all their stats were. <laughs> and they both had good stats. Yeah, I mean Moses was only four tackles and two TFL. Like it felt so much more than that. Um, and I yeah, put, but Gay, Gay put... definitely did have good stats. Yeah.
1: I put out. Well here. He had four catches, 37 yards, and touchdown against Pitt. Um, if he had better quarterback play, I think he would have had over like 150 yards. He had that the, the Jalen Rager special, I'll call it, where <laughs> three different times he was very much open deep. And if the ball was placed better, he, he would have scored. And mm-hmm. all three times it was bad throw. Um, he, his speed is just terrifying.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, my overhyped prospect I already mentioned, is Reed Blankenship, didn't really stand out against UTSA, and I thought he struggled in coverage.
0: Yeah, sucks. Uh, I totally agree. He just hasn't popped it up, popped at all the first couple of weeks.
1: You just not gonna pick
0: one? Oh, I told you, Mike Kaltrask. Cal-
1: Oh, right. That was like 50 <laughs> minutes ago.
0: I know. No, the, I thought you knew because the way you went to it quick to yours. No, I yeah, had I went through it already. Um, yeah.
1: um, Small school guy who caught your eye. I, I feel like we both only the only small school games we watch for that Thursday and Friday night game.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, so put, I, I have
1: the same guys as my weekday warriors. Spencer Brown, Austin Watkins and Jalen Tolbert.
0: Yeah. So I have those guys. Honestly. OK, this is just for the uh, well, for, for, for my brand and also for the trades. How about the UTSA uh, corner, Tariq Woolen, who is 6'5", 205 pounds. He's a wide receiver convert. He was a high school basketball player. Uh, All the traits are there. Had an interception, even though he's got a cast on his hands with ball skills, baby. Uh, Fast enough. It's not like he had a terrific game or anything, but um, interesting there. Also, (laughs) because I got to do it. Bailey He had another 400 yards game, baby. They got cooked by LTU, but... uh, I was
1: tracking that game throughout the day waiting for you to say something.
0: I, w- I watched a bit of it. I tuned in for a bit when uh when South Carolina was kind of down 14. At, He's going
1: to uh, be at Mississippi State next year. It's fine.
0: <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome.
1: Um, You know what else would be fucking awesome? Shaving Is Purchasing pubes. a Manscaped shaving puber. Amen, Our brother. sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you, you need to shave your pubes. Uh, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellows down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower—whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium-grip nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that swam- summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that's designed for your balls. We won't judge you. If we catch you sniffing yourself, go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Also, you want to grab 2020 by the horns? You go to betonline.ag you put all your money on whoever AJ tells you to, and then tweet at him if if AJ's wrong.
0: Please tweet I,
1: horrible things I at have,
0: AJ. I've been very wrong the first couple of weeks, so yeah.
1: But if if you want to be right, you trust me because with fake fake odds, I went four and one. Um, <laughs> so hey, you listen to this show. You like football? You like gambling? Probably if you like football, because. I feel like that just goes hand in hand, unless you're Mike McCarthy. Uh, go to betonline.ag. Your online sports book experts.
0: Okay, I, uh, I went two, two, and one with our fake lines. <laughs> hey, we, the, we're just bookies. We get they are not fake lines. They're real to us. Amen. Also, they
1: weren't—they weren't like
0: drastically off. No, we weren't. I mean, the the Auburn, uh, we had too many points, but we were smarter than Vegas. So, what else is new? um (laughs) yeah everything else was pretty close and then obviously i think we both had oklahoma and we look stupid but yeah
1: yeah oklahoma was the only one i hit wrong i went four and one otherwise yeah miami was easy yeah um florida was easy mississippi state was easy some of us knew some some of us who have uh swing your sword the book about mike leach (laughs) next to their bedside stand so some of us knew um but this week uh Although there's two mega matchups of top 10 teams, um, kind of a lesser week, I would say, especially in that noon slot. There's like nothing that super gets you excited right now, I don't think. Um,
0: Classic college Saturday. What else is new?
1: So so I've got my five picks of the week. AJ's got AJ's one short of a Mm six-pack. Such a better name. But hey, guess who has a better record? Me. Um, Uh. Also, I... I meant to mention the Central Arkansas North Dakota State game is this Saturday.
0: Oh, I forgot.
1: Yeah, three thirty. I hope you have ESPN plus.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> I don't even have but regular ESPN. Uh <laughs> You wanna you wanna start with the the big game? I think we'll have a couple a couple of crossovers. So you wanna start with like A and M and Bama?
1: Yeah, so three thirty on C B S, um these are these these uh rankings will change at some point, but number ten, Tex A and M. Uh, going to Tuscaloosa to take on number two Alabama, I put the line at Bama fourteen and a half.
0: Okay, I have a bigger. I put a
1: twenty and a half. But so so my, my thought process was, Texas a sucks and they're like, overrated. They're the most top. overrated team every yeah. year, and they barely beat Vanderbilt and whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and Alabama at no point like that that score looks a little deceiving in the Alabama Missouri game because at no point Alabama was even close to being out of that game, no. or, or or sorry Missouri was even close to being in that game. So I I think like are they going to put bama's line too small because Texas is technically a top 10 team Pro- probably a little bit so would you say you have 20 i have 14 and a half you, you want to go to s- you want to go 17, 17 and a half? half that feels like a good line i'm okay. still going to take alabama with that line cuz <laughs> me too yeah like uh, kellen mond is their best player and i don't know if that's a good thing he's fun IMG baby, uh, Alabama's going to eat that that team alive. Yeah, uh, the Alabama defense looks fucking red. The, yeah, they, and they were they time. they didn't even like
0: Christian Barmore didn't even play. Mac Jones took a like a couple series to kind of get going, and then once he did, uh, they were cooking. So yeah, they they look fantastic.
1: Um, you Auburn Georgia through next game. Auburn uh, Georgia, okay, seven thirty ESPN. Number eight Auburn at number four Georgia. Georgia struggled with Arkansas, even though the score is a little deceiving. Auburn struggled a bit in the first half with Kentucky and ultimately kind of ran away with it. Mm-hmm. I put the line at Georgia 3.5, but to me, this is the hardest line to set.
0: I put it at Georgia 4.5. So you so want to go 4? Let's go 4. I mean, it's pure split, but we're, we're very close. Who, who are you taking, though? This is difficult because... I
1: think the Georgia defense will be able to like give Bo Nix a little bit of hell. Um, the Auburn didn't run the ball very well at all mm. against Kentucky, and I know Kentucky's a stout defense consistently. But I, I like Bo Nix ha- is very it's Bad. either an Correct. awesome throw or a horrible throw, <laughs> which I think the Georgia defense can take advantage of. But at the same time, is Stetson Bennett now Georgia's starting quarterback? Is J T Daniels going to be healthy? Uh, I'm going to take Georgia ultimately because.
0: I I just I, I I don't know. I never feel good about taking Auburn. <laughs> I I felt good about taking Auburn last week. Uh, I don't this week, but I'm going to take him again. It's just the quarterback situation for Georgia. Uh, so up in the air there. I I don't trust that. But yeah, like we talked about earlier, Schwartz and Williams against the against Tyson and Stokes. That's 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 a lot of fun. Oh, Tyson had a. That's his first name. Campbell had a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> this week, uh, yeah, he's awesome a potential BYU.
1: first round guy.
0: Yeah, it just uh, this this is the the big time showcase so, yeah I'll, I'll take I'll take auburn plus the four
1: okay uh, wait I, minus four minus four auburn you have auburn minus four or oh, sorry Georgia what, what do you oh my god I'm, I'm taking like Auburn here. plus you're the taking four. auburn
0: plus four Correct. gotcha yeah. I'm taking Georgia minus four <laughs> um well you you go to the next game I don't know if we'll have any more matches okay I'm going
1: to go 330 on ABC, number 11, North Carolina, at AJ's Boston College. we got the same. I I said it, North Carolina minus seven and a half.
0: I have a six and a half, so we're close. You want to go seven?
1: Sure, and I will take North Carolina because I don't... Phil Phil, uh, Dracovic, uh, maybe not as good as AJ once said. No, what are you talking about? He won them the game. And um, North Carolina... my worry is they've had uh, a lot of time off because that Charlotte yeah. game got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. But it, even when they did struggle against uh, Syracuse, they they really rebounded and blew it away in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't think Boston College has the, the firepower to hang around with North Carolina. Wrong. Wrong. You're stupid okay. and you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> fly Thank Eagles
0: you. fly. Uh, <laughs> you're taking BC? I'm taking BC. Yeah. Like the time off scares me for UC a bit. Then like you said, they. It wasn't great against the Q's. Um, hey, the Q's upset,
1: upset Georgia Tech. <laughs> I'm out
0: on Georgia Tech, by the way. BC coming off that big uh, comeback victory over Texas State. Give me my Eagles. Kaka. Ew. Uh,
1: okay, I'm going to go 4 p.m. SEC Network. Ole Miss uh, at number 23 Kentucky, who will not be ranked when the new AP poll comes <laughs> out. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss plus 5.5.
0: Okay, I didn't pick this game, but I was going to I don't the spread is kinda tough on this one. Um It's it's a fun match
1: because Kentucky's a stout defense and a ball control offense where Ole Miss is a firepower offense with absolutely no defense. Um I think Ole Miss will be able to move the ball some against Kentucky. Uh, I, I think Elijah Moore's in for a big game the way Seth Williams had against Kentucky. Uh, I, I I think it, it's going to be whoever can score more points, and I don't think Kentucky's built to win that way. Kentucky's uh, like built to win Big Ten football games.
0: <laughs> they should move to the Big Ten. Uh, I like your pick. I I think it maybe might be a, like a point less the spread, uh, but I'll give you that five and a half, and I like the Ole Miss pick.
1: Thank you. Um, uh, and then yeah, do you want my final one? Okay, sure. Well, isn't that didn't you tell me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you sound so disappointed. I'm very angry. Seven thirty, seven thirty, seven thirty p.m. ABC number three Oklahoma, who will not be ranked Uh-oh. number three, at unranked Iowa State. Who who knows? They could be ranked. I don't really know how this thing works anymore. Uh, I've got Oklahoma favored by twelve and a half.
0: Okay. All right. I I, I can see that. I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Who are you taking though? I'm taking
1: Oklahoma. Uh, I don't bounce back uh, yeah I I think there will be a bounce back Iowa State's defense although it's generally pretty good when Max Duggan came in for TCU they were giving up a lot of big passing plays um, which which Spencer Adler Mims Rambo I think will, will exploit that and other side, Oklahoma's defense obviously isn't good. Brees Hall's going to have a big game. It's going to be a, a, a high-scoring game, I think. And I don't think Brock Purdy's the, the going to be able to hang with Spencer Rattler.
0: Okay, fair enough. Okay, my my last two, uh, 8 o'clock. The ACC Network. Uh, the <laughs> Cavaliers of the University of Virginia at Clemson, number one. Uh, I'm going to take Clemson, minus 28. That's
1: that's totally fair.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. It's Clemson. I think, I think it walk. might
1: even be. I might even think it'd be less.
0: Yeah. No. I think there's a chance. UVA looked looked pretty solid yesterday. Uh. Or the other day. Whenever you're listening to this.
1: Against Duke.
0: Against Duke. Yeah. Um. I, I think you're. Right. And it's a rematch of the championship game where the Clemson actually fucking cooked them. You're right. It might be smaller. I didn't want to go smaller. Um. This is just me saying confidently. Confidently that I think Clemson's going to cover easy. Um, Wait, is that your last game? Nope, I got one more And this one's just for fun Because we're going to watch it on Friday night 9 o'clock Friday night on ESPN2 You don't know what I'm doing Friday night uh, Yeah, I do Louisiana (laughs) Tech at BYU The Cougs are flying high But I like Louisiana Tech Go Bulldogs Plus 13 and a half It might even be bigger I didn't adjust it after they smoked Troy last night Uh, What do you think about that? Um,
1: I think I, I like it. Uh, is pretty sick.
0: Yeah, I know, they are. But when, I, this, when, one, you're this... Throw, when you're throwing to a Romney and a guy named Dax. <laughs> this is honestly just to give me a rooting interest, so I'm going to take Louisiana Tech. Plus, plus Wait, so what was the line again? What was the line? Thirteen and a half, it might be bigger. Plus thirteen
1: and a half? I think it, I don't know, Louisiana Tech walked, um.
0: The, the powerhouse Houston put, Baptist, yeah.
1: Yeah, they walked Bailey Zapp's team. And they got a um, uh,
0: thing fired in USM. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Poor Hobson. I think it, you could probably go a little higher just because yeah. BYU blowing
0: teams out if you want. Okay, no, no. I, I mean, I give me the points. But you said 13.5, right? We think 17.5 is okay? Troy was say Okay. No, yeah. Troy was 14.5, so... I don't know who gets more respect. Louisiana Tech's better than Troy. Yeah, but uh, but BYU is better. Let's
1: just go 14 and a half. Yeah, yeah, let's go 14 and a half. Because BYU is better now than they would have been perceived to be. Exactly, yeah. BYU might be in the playoff, right?
0: Yeah, they might be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, they got all those Mountain
0: West games now, though, baby. That's sick.
1: Because I am a game back... Because yep. I had the Houston-Baylor game cancel on me. I'm thinking I should pick this Central Arkansas-North Dakota State game.
0: All right, all right, I'm down.
1: Okay, we've seen Central Arkansas play a lot. This is North Dakota's only game of the season. They have, <laughs> obviously, a quarterback prospect in Trey Lance, uh, a left tackle in Dylan uh, Um more than just those two as well that are, are going to be in the NFL. Well, what do we think this line should be?
0: I have absolutely no idea. This is, like, the toughest game <laughs> to handicap in, in college football history. Be, because we're only we're only seeing Central Arkansas lose, or
1: not only lose, but, like, look not great. But they're a powerhouse at that level. And North Dakota State is the powerhouse at that level. Like, is 17 and a half
0: right? But, uh, again,
1: they, like, Central Arkansas has played, like, two or three games and North Dakota State hasn't played in over a year. Yeah. See, I don't know if Vegas... Or not over a year, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. I don't know if Vegas has adjusted to this time off thing. Uh, Yeah, I'll give you seventeen and a half, but I have no idea. Also, I would like to know if if they have fans in North Dakota. I think they will because that part of the country seems like they they don't give a fuck. Uh, Just watching (laughs) the snap map. I I, I love that part of the country. I (laughs) almost I love North Dakota, but uh, keeping an eye on the snap map. They've just been partying all summer long. That's why I love them. Uh, So I think (laughs) that if the the Fargo Dome is rocking they're uh, they're going to get they're going to get more points there yeah uh, i'm i'm I'll, right. I'll 17 and a half yeah, okay sure. thank
1: you much appreciated that'll do it for this episode <laughs> tune in on what wednesday morning when we break down everything we see from the nfl rookies in week 3